0: Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an outstanding conversation with an Aussie legend, an absolute Aussie icon, a man who has been to five Paralympic Games, has now transitioned into the world of ultra running, running the 55 kilometers around Mont Blanc in in the ultra trail world championships doing it with a prosthetic leg that he had to design and build himself. An amazing story. Um, I spend probably the first half of the show just trying to understand how he did it. Um, At one point, he talks about being slingshotted off the track because of the way the leg works. Um, Absolutely amazing how he was able to get around the course. Um, And he's really just pioneering the way for amputees and taking on the world, truly inspiring conversation. I absolutely loved it. And I hope you do as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. Okay, before we get into it, listen up. If you're trading your family time and, and, and a cushy sofa for hours of sweat, pain, and maybe some glory, that's a choice. So make it count. Red Bull claims that they give you wings. Well, big deal. Wings don't mean jack unless you're actually flying. With fast food, it's not just about liftoff, it's about cruising at 30,000 feet without even a hint of a crash landing. First, there's the Galacto Gummies, a kick of energy that stays with you. No spikes, no crashes, just smooth, consistent power. Next, we've got the hydrator. This isn't your corner store sports drink. It's electrolytes and micronutrients dialed in for optimal performance. And let's not forget the galacto gels, your mid-flight energy boost, all designed to keep you at your peak performance for the long haul. So are you going to just flap those wings or are you ready to actually fly? Make the choice, make it count and make it with fast food. Visit fastfood.com and let's own the sky together. All right, today's guest is an Aussie legend. Just he represented Australia at five Olympic Games, five Paralympic Games, from 1992 to 2008. Yes, that's in hell of a streak—16 years, bagging a gold and silver medal along the way. His journey wasn't easy. He's overcome challenges that most of us couldn't even fathom. And if that's not enough, he recently completed the Ultra Trail Marathon World Series final at Mont Blanc. 55 kilometers or otherwise 34 miles, I believe, with an elevation, a vertical of 3,800 meters or 12,500 feet. An absolutely incredible achievement for anyone, let alone somebody who's got an amputee. So today we're going to dive deep into his incredible journey. So welcome. Thanks for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show, Troy Sachs. How are you, mate?
1: Welcome. Fantastic. I'm <laughs> finally on your show. It's been a while.
0: <laughs> I took us. It was uh, for everybody listening. We started this conversation probably back in about April or May. I said, oh yeah, no, let's get you on the show, but I'm coming to Australia and we'll do it in person. And then I got to Australia and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a little break. And then you were heading off to Mont Blanc. So we said, well, why don't we just wait until you got back? And here we are. You're back in Australia. It's what time there?
1: It's uh, 5 a.m. in Australia, <laughs> a day ahead
2: of you. Oh. So I'm talking to you back in time, but I th- they say good things come to those who wait, so here we are.
0: I, I, we were talking just pre-show how we both love these early morning hours because I felt terrible making you – well, I didn't make you do anything, but you offered to do a 5 a.m. show, and I was like, wow, I really appreciate you doing that for me. But
2: in, in school terms, it's either little lunch or recess.
1: <laughs> for, for me, I've been up for a couple of hours. I've got a training session in already. I've done some book work, and now it's uh, time to have a chit-chat.
0: Oh, you're a rock star, mate. I love that. What, what did you, you do for training this morning already?
1: Uh, I just actually spent uh, an hour on the bike, just yeah. pedalling away, because uh, you know, post UTMB, the stumps a bit like a hamburger, and um, it's the, the body's still. I don't think it's it's not. I think it's recovered physically. I just think mentally and emotionally, I'm I'm still lagging quite a bit. Yeah. After, um, you know, being in the uh, the sky cra- skyscrapers of the, the Swiss, <sighs> French and Italian Alps.
0: Mate, I've got to congratulate you on that. Um, you know, I've, I've done plenty of homework now getting ready for this episode on the Ultra Trail, you know, world and basically how Mont Blanc is the World Series final um, that you need to qualify to get there, that there's, you know, different distances. Um, but, mate... Huge congrats. I want to I want you to tell me a little bit more about what the event was and, and how you qualified. But first off, you know, how's it been since coming home, the recovery? Have you had plenty of press? Um,
1: well here we are. This is this is the open press. <laughs> 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 oh well, well. Like tri- let's let's just go back. It's like triathlon when it first started. No, yeah, one, yeah. no one, knows about it. Trail yeah. run is, is is one of the fastest growing sports. Yeah. Um, uh, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc is an event that's been around for twenty years. Right. It's not the oldest of of trial races. However, Iron Man, the company, has just purchased about thirty five races mm. that, that were pre existing. And they've decided to make a world series out of those races, with the final being Mont Blanc mm-hmm. um, over many distances. So they have a they have uh forty two kilometers, or fifty five kilometers, a, a hundred kilometer, and a hundred mile. Whoa. Now they all have uh, qualifying races, and then there's also a lottery to get into it. So basically, you you collect running stones when you do a, a, one of their races that is within those thirty five. Other races around the world, and then you apply to get into the event. If you do your qualifying race, you know, in a certain time or, or things like that, you get priorities within the um, uh, lottery. So, uh, I guess for me, I qualified uh, last October. I did I did a hundred kilometer event in in the Blue Mountains Whoa. in February. I did a hundred kilometer event in New Zealand, and then. Uh, May this year I did a 22-kilometre event back in the Blue Mountains and then had my qualification. I actually qualified for the 100-kilometre uh, event. However, I thought that that was a bit too much to chew the first time. Mm. So I dropped back to the 55K. Because I'd never been to the Swiss Alps before and, and and run that type of vertical. Like we, you know, our tallest mountain in Australia is Mount Kosciuszko at 2,100 metres. So I was living at at... You know where I was staying in, in, in the valley yeah. over there. I was I was sort of living at eighteen hundred meters, so it's you know it's quite foreign to 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 people from Australia to to get that vert. Yeah. Um, so you know, qualifying for the event was was not easy. However, wow. you know, uh, an interesting story is eighteen months before that, I, I attempted my first hundred kilometers, where I actually fractured my stump. So I fractured the tibia at forty kilometers. Oh. And um, I, I take a doctor with me where I sort of do some running and he has some special, you know, special numbing cream. So we pop the numbing cream on the on the. You fractured. fractured you.
0: Oh, what?
1: And uh, pulled out at 92 kilometres.
0: Oh, brutal. You went another 52 kilometres on a fractured stump.
1: You, you know about the pain cave, right? <laughs> so I've heard about the pain cave. Like a lot of ultra runners and a lot of, let's oh. just say, Ultra-distance individuals talk about the pain cave, and I was like, "Well, you know, I've trained hard for wheelchair basketball, but let's see what a endurance pain cave is." And it's no. it's a really interesting place. You meet, you know, me myself and I. Mm. Uh, you know, there's possibility if you start getting delirious, you meet some ancestors, and, <laughs> and you sort of, you know, what I mean. And it was a yeah. fantastic experience, you know. And yes, it was painful, and and everyone says you only had eight kilometers to go. And I'm like, well, everyone has their limits. Yeah. And 50 days on a broken leg was, was kind of my limit. But I've not, in my entire career of being a, an athlete, and I also think like professional is not actually being paid, it's a mentality. Mm. So in my entire career of being a professional athlete with a mentality of, of training professionally mm-hmm. and correctly, you know, I've not f- felt as content as I did with failing. As when I went when I won two gold medals, national championships in America and two other continents, you know it was the contentment of pushing myself to the limit so Mont Blanc sort of represented that next stage of pushing pushing myself to the limit mm. and along the way, dragging you know adaptive sport or sport for individuals with a disability or, or not not I'm not about proving a point, but I'm about exposing everybody in the globe to what we as humans can do, but then also what individuals with disabilities are capable of because we, are, we have a difference that is a look, but, you know, most of people with individual, individuals with a disability, they have a beast inside that, that they're mentally super strong
2: mm. forging
1: so UTMB represented that for me. So after qualifying, you you know, as you know, you you go and do a recce. You know, you go and check out. You do all your studies, and you sort of think, my God, is this is this real? So basically, you know, you work it out to where it's every five kilometers, you've got actually sort of maybe six hundred meters of vertical. Mm. You know, which mm. which is, and and wow. if you've got any ultra runners listening. Uh, a very famous run is Leadville, which is 100 miles.
0: And I used to live down the road from it in Boulder. The there you route, go. Yeah. So
1: basically my 55-kilometre or 34-mile race has the equivalent elevation as a 100-mile race called Leadville.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. So when you
1: start to put it in, in, in you know, theories like that, it's, it's almost like sky running. A third, sky of the, sky a third
0: of the distance but with all of that vertical. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So,
1: there's a lot of preparation physically and mentally that obviously goes into this race for uh, uh, anyone that participates, whether you're elite or not. Now, in my race alone there were 1,600 participants mm. from around the world oh. that had trained and qualified and, and, and done all the bits and bobs, but then, you, then for me I had the artificial leg. Now, it's, it's, I do, a lot of my training is all about stump hardening, You know, which is which is another whole facet because you want your stump to be really, really hard. I have a guide runner who is actually my donkey. He carries a a different artificial leg in his pack. So, because I change during the event depending on the terrain, depending on the, the 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 vertical, whether my stump is hurting or swelling, depending on the the temperature because it's made of carbon. Carbon's a conductor of heat and cold. So it it sometimes swells, sometimes shrinks, so there's a a science of actually playing around with the stump, whereas, you know, my my guide runner, who's a very accomplished runner himself, you know, we play around with the legs and sometimes there'd be five minutes that you uh, wear a different leg and then I've got to change again. So there was all these different layers that that you sort of, you know, really – focus and get into and and i've only been actually doing this since i've only finished my first ultra since october last year
0: yeah so you're getting have you you found are there others in the adaptive sports category that are doing it
1: you know what there are others and and however there's no categories for adapted runners in trail running yet so oh. Unlike triathlon where there's yeah. five categories, you've got your, you know, your above knee, your below knee, your right. arm, and then you've got another category called others, and you get recognized within those categories. There's no categories for adaptive or para-athletes within trail running as yet. So you know, for me, I started meeting with the, the officials of, of Mont Blanc, Ultra Trail, and Ironman um, last February. To actually start discussing the processes, whether they allow it, and and they, you know, they weren't the most forthcoming of organisations really? or you know, yeah. to to accept it because it's never been done. So in twenty years of, of their event, no amputee had had finished a race over any distance. Now, and to their knowledge, no amputee had entered the race. Huh. So, so there was an mpuT last year that that entered, but he got he got basically disqualified after the first checkpoint in the forty two kilometers um, because he was about ten minutes late to the checkpoint Oh okay, but, but they also let thirty other individuals through after him what so yes you you say what, and we say what but it's this is the kind of mentality that, that you have to break through when uh, you're an
0: athlete. So it's they're really saying awesome. because you're an amputee, we gotta, <laughs> we got to worry about you more and so we're taking you off the course. That's kind of their mentality or, or what is that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think they forget that you're out in the Alps, you're already mountain running, you're yeah. coming there <laughs> untrained. You know, and the guy yeah. that they cut, he was actually sponsored by, he has a shoe deal, he has three or four other deals, you know, well. so he's – He's very popular on Instagram and those sorts of things. So he's a well-known athlete already. Right. You know, so it's not like he just showed up and said, hi, uh, I'm going to run a 42-kilometer event in the Alps. You know, hmm. I can't do it. Yeah, there's a lot of breaking down the barriers and and sort of uh in in this new sport of triathlon because it is very new like it's actually only started to really get popular and and i liken it to triathlon maybe 10 years ago is that fair to say yeah
0: probably uh, even 20 20 years years ago 15 years ago yeah yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: you were at the forefront of it all right
0: yeah it's interesting you know you answered so many of my questions that i've got (laughs) written down Uh, here no it was perfect i um because I'm fascinated because it is an area, well, there's a lot I don't know. Um, I'm learning more about the ultra running world on its own merits. And then a lot I don't know about how you work with your different blades. And I'm curious, I want to, I want to, this is just my personal interest. Um, I'm just curious, like you mentioned you carry a spare, you call it a leg or a blade? What do you call it? I want to get the yeah, So I've
1: got a couple of different legs. So basically, when you see an amputee walking down the street, you'll have two two types of amputee below knee, yeah. which is obviously the amputation is anywhere from the knee down, yep. so yep. you lost like your foot or your mid shin or you're just below the knee. Then you go above the knee. Now the difference between amputees is the knee joint. Yes. Now most of the people that are listening to this, they they know a little bit about anatomy, so therefore the knee joint obviously is. <laughs> One of the biggest hinges that you've got,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So
1: so the difference, obviously, in running on the road would be your knee joint. Now, someone would use a, a hydraulic knee joint on the road because you've got an even playing field. But when you get to the trails, you won't have a hydraulic knee joint. You'll either have one that is slowly controlled or one that you make stiff. Oh. So for me, I wear an everyday leg which has a heel. So exactly the same as you guys I wear a sock on it, I wear a shoe on it. But then when you start getting into running um, you know faster, you have a, have a blade and the blade is shaped like a J. yeah you know and basically you start getting there because you want to land on a smaller part of your foot, being the ball or the front. That J then flexes yeah. and then as you move or propel forward, it it pushes you forward. And then actually propels you faster because it's made of carbon or fiberglass, or some people have been making them out of hemp and, and some other renewable materials now.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's all about the, the, the absorption and then the actual acceleration or the spring. And there are commercial blades out there. So when I run trail, I use, and then they're also attached differently. Mm. So you have everyday legs that have a normal foot, like an overbodied foot that would be attached directly underneath the stump. So we call that, um, I think, distally, you know. Mm -hmm. So basically it's it's along the tibia, so it's just an extension of the tibia and then the foot attaches, where the blades are actually attached where the calf muscle is, on the rear of the actual socket, because what happens then is it gives it more room to flex and manoeuvre and absorb.
0: And they're all custom-made,
1: right? So the sockets are custom made. So the socket oh, is basically right. let's, let's just say what fits over the stump is called the socket. Right, right, right. And then the blade <laughs> and the foot are, are totally a different thing. They're bolted on or attached with fiberglass or carbon fiber. God, so amazing. your socket is made by the prosthetist and then the foot or the blade is commercially made by a totally different uh, brand, and they come in. You know, all different sizes to fit your other foot, or and the blades are weight rated, and also then spring rate rated.
0: And so when you when you go pick an event, you have to not only pick yes. the blade. I choose
1: the leg exactly.
0: But you, what about the tread? I was thinking about like if it's slippery. Uh, here's or... the
1: thing: I, uh, since <clears throat> since October last year, I've been testing different blades and different treads, and yeah. I didn't like any of them. Huh. So I actually went and designed my own running blade huh. because when you're – so basically the running blades come back behind the calf quite fast. So if you go down a uh, – if you descend any, any steeper than a 20%, the back of the blade starts to hit the, tr- hit the actual descent and you start slipping.
0: Oh, jeez. So what okay. I did.
1: I went and designed my own and reversed the reversed the actual bend to actually bend underneath the stump and go straighter down. And I made it five percent lighter with five percent more energy return.
0: Wow!
1: And then what I did is I went and three D printed my own blade shoe because the blades are only just on three inches of width. Now, if everyone looks at the the I guess the forefoot of their foot, it's more than three three inches. You know, I, yeah. I sort of did a test of about 100 people and traced their foot and it usually averaged out to be anywhere from three and a quarter to three and three quarters inches. So I actually made, a 3D printed a blade uh, shoe and then I, I went through about 200 pairs of shoes and cut the treads off and tested, but now I'm actually onto what, a, a, a Vespa or a scooter tire. No Excuse way. Me. And then what I do is i got a hot knife and I actually carve my own tread into the blade. I, I, I have contacted a number of, you know, tire companies, but they're just really not, I guess I'm not high profile enough or it's too wacky for them to get through their melons about what I'm trying to do when, you know, you have, you have big companies, big tie companies that actually sold, you know, big shoe companies. Yeah. So, so I've, I've basically gone and made everything myself. Um, so when I run, I use... I use two different sockets because it puts different pressures on the stump at different areas, according to the, the terrain. And then I would use an everyday leg. So I have three legs. My, my, my runner would always carry the leg that I, I would want to change into to give my stump a break. And then I switch out the blades at the checkpoints where my crew are um according again to the terrain how fast how slow depending on my heart rate depending on how much fatigue I've got because running using a blade is very it takes anywhere from 12 to 18 months to learn to use a blade so Mm -hmm. I've been using a blade now for about five years and I've really got the gist of where it puts you because if you hit a rock or a pebble or a tree root in the wrong area it actually catapults you off course like it's very very, very powerful Jeez! Oh, i actually came off the course uh, and and there's a picture on my instagram with this with this unit of an individual and yeah. and and you know i think his name is frederick and he was the one that got me back on the trail because i was scrambling because
0: you the, got shot off the course hang on hang on yeah
1: the blade just <laughs> the blade just loaded up and just actually and i was a bit tired <laughs> And over there, a single track is exactly what they say. It's wide enough for one foot to fit on. And it's worn so deep that it's sort of, let's uh, say, you know, a foot deep. So I sort of loaded up in there and I was ready to come out
2: and it just, it was pretty awesome. Like it just flung me and I was like, oh, here we go.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. you got to wear shoulder pads and elbow pads <laughs> and yeah, a helmet, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: adds that element of, of like getting into it, you know. Oh. So, yeah, so there's this, this, this different, different equipment. And, and, and one, of the, one of the questions that I read, it was like you were saying, you know, um, advice I would give myself when I was 18. Yeah. Well, the reason I started to play wheelchair basketball was because the lack of equipment. Hmm. So I was a very good – when I was 13, I could dunk a basketball I could run 100 metres, you know, I was, I was, you know, not last running 100 metres in all the school events and the zone events, but the equipment that I had was, was just absolutely shocking. It was a solid piece of fiberglass, and it was a foot, you know, that was made out of wood covered in rubber. Yeah. So we're talking, I'm a 75 baby, so we're talking uh, mid-85, so late 80s, early 90s. You know, 92, the first blade came out. Yeah. But it was shocking. So for me to to feel free, you know, I have a wingspan of just under seven foot. You know, I've got I'm an albatross. So wheelchair <laughs> basketball, the 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 material and the I guess the um, equipment was was more advanced than artificial legs. So you know, I, I guess it's pretty difficult to tell my 18 year old self what to do because. You know what the advancements that have happened now, being disabled now, is so much. I guess more. I don't want to say fun, but it's you have more options and you have more avenues yeah, to be yeah. active to participate in life. Like even what an individual does, whether it be you know the the the, the artificial legs, the wheelchairs. And all
0: That's that brilliant. So uh, I guess
1: for me, my path was yeah. was not. It was sort of. You know what I mean? I I don't think I had a choice in the path that I wanted to go, mm. but it wasn't like I was sitting at home crying because you just didn't do that in the mid '80s or the '90s. It was like here's a, here's, a, here's a can of six-pack, open a couple and harden the yeah. You, know, you,
0: you weren't allowed one. to be a you weren't allowed to play the victim back then. Hell no! It
1: was just <laughs> get out there and have a, have a, have a good crack. So you you know, the equipment that uh, that that I'm 48 now and I'm you know I'm able to run. Sort of a hundred hundred k, anywhere from fourteen to sixteen hours, wow. and that's with with a let's say a small amount of foundation. Because I, you know, since fourteen, I don't, I don't do, didn't do any running because you play wheelchair basketball. It's all about
0: being in the wheelchair,
1: eight, you know, <laughs> yeah. lift the bench pressing, yeah, you know, one hundred like two hundred and sixty pound. You know, it's all about It's a power sport. And it's intimidation sport. Whereas running. And and being in the mountains or the bush or the forest, you know, it's more spiritual. It's more uh, organic. It's mm. it's less power. It's more efficiency. You know, so there there's, there was a there was a huge mind shift from playing wheelchair basketball to actually being a runner, and, and that took a long time to transition and learn about.
0: I, I love it. You 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 sound so excited about this new journey you're on. I, I um I love saving. I I, I love that you, you, you're designing and you, 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 you know, all the 3D, making all of these products. You actually, it makes me think, what's that movie where, um in the Nike where he's got the waffle race, you know, the waffle machine. Ah, yeah, yeah, Bill Bauman, Yeah, yeah. Bill Bowman's Pre and he's, and he's like, yeah, no, I got this new tread for the Nike. That, I can yeah. I can just picture you with, with designing these new treads with your waffle maker. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's so great. It's um, a
2: dream. It's an absolute dream to yeah. be. You know, I've I've
1: got a sewing machine, and I, I cut things up, and I sort of uh, have a shoe in mind of how it can assist an amputee. You know, like you have got all these carbon-infused shoes now with TPU foam, and like I'm I'm a shoe geek, like I love shoes, but you know, I often often wondered what a what a an orthotic would do for an amputee in a shoe to actually even up and actually help you propel forward and even up the gait or give you more you know, the, those yeah. sorts of things. Like I think it's all about ingenuity but, you know, what? I've always got, had this desire to, to not be better than you but just be better and oh, do better yeah. and I yeah. think maybe it's my German parents. My dad was from East Germany. He left, he left Germany on a push bike before he was 18 because he didn't want to go to the, to the army, you know, to the oh, German wow. army and, wow. and he sort of arrived in Australia when he was 17 and wrote a letter to his mum and said, hey, I'm here. Um, you know, I'm not coming back. Jeez, oh, those and, and stories are unbelievable. Away, you know what I mean? And yeah. I just think it whether it's from that or whether it's just the era that we were brought up in as in no video games, get outside and play, it's raining. Well, so get outside and play. Yeah. So yeah. I've always got – I've just got this thirst and and, and running to me, I think if I would, another thing I would tell my 18-year-old self was actually use your feet for what they're meant to be, which is moving.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: Because, you know, just – Well, I think there's a certain thing that comes from from walking, hiking, running, moving. The chemicals, you know. I think there would be a lot less depression. I think there would be a lot less melancholy. Mm -hmm. You know. I think Mm -hmm. uh, we'd be a lot kinder. You know, if we if we all got back to a little bit of hunter gatherer. And I'm not saying hunter gatherer needs to be gender biased. It's more to the point of. Getting out into the open and smelling the roses and smelling the open air and, and running to allow those chemicals to do what they're meant to do in our own body.
0: It almost helps with perspective. I find running, yeah. clearing your mind. Um, anybody who listens to this show often will often hear me talk about, you know, starting the day with gratitude and just yeah. putting my getting my perspective right. Being grateful for fresh air you know, which we all take for granted. And, you know, I've raced in China enough to know that that's not something that you can just take for granted. Um, you know, fresh running water, uh, you know, 80% of the yeah. world. Actually, I might be getting that statistic wrong, but I, I think it's a big portion of the world are still struggling to find fresh running water. And it's like some of these things we, we have and we just take for granted, boy, it puts life in perspective. And I, I think we need a little bit more of that slap in the face. I think what you're talking about, getting out there, walking, running, just treating it like a meditation, getting back to nature. It's like, it's a slap of perspective. I love that. I was going to ask you in, with your training, you know, being that you are new to the ultra running world, have you found, because it's your right leg, right? So you, is yep. your left hip, because it's like a, it's not a fluid running motion you get with the blade, you know, it does t- it, it, you got to rock a little bit. Have you found your hips are okay with the running?
1: Yeah, like at the, at the start, there was a lot of, um, I guess, imbalances. Yeah. And, and I think the more you do something, you naturally um, progress to a point where it becomes efficient to yourself, but yeah. may not look efficient to others. Yeah. So, so I got my body, I'm an exercise therapist um so i use exercise to rehab individuals back from knee reconstructions replacements spinal cord injuries um you know back into real the real world so i sort of have that again that that first to figure out a problem and and rehab into prehab into actually back to life into performance mm. so i went through that same pattern with myself and and worked my left leg up to being I guess proprioceptually efficient to handle my just my everyday leg running, Mm. Um, and and you know worked on getting my sort of down to a five minute k with over a ten k run, and then moved to the blade. Whereas now I do you know a lot of kettlebell balancing proprioceptual exercises only on my right foot on a bosu. So an unstable surface balancing, skipping,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: only using my right leg to try and equal up my neural pathways within the brain along the right side. So most of my stuff actually was multi-diagonal. So any time I had a sore left hip, it would be my right shoulder and vice versa.
0: Isn't it amazing?
1: So yeah. I've worked it to the point now where where my running um, cadence and and I guess – you know, proprioceptional balance is quite equal. Now, if if you want to look at an amputee running, you just Google Oscar Pistorius because yes. he was a dumb oh, amputee, Moni. I was
0: going to say his, Oscar, that was it. His yes.
1: technique was absolutely flawless. So mm. I sort of look at him and he's got an advantage because he's got two legs the same as mine, so they're both equally, equally, I guess, propelling forward at the same time, but mm. then you've got to try and keep up with it with the other body. So, for me, I have a I have a speed that I try to stay with, mm. and and in the, over the next twelve months, the focus will be actually looking at trying to increase my cadence, yeah, um, smaller, faster steps, and and also I've got to where my descending is 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 really good. So my last eight Ks at um, UCMB, which is twelve hundred meters down, you know, I knocked off in an hour and ten minutes. Whoa! And my descending is fine, um, but. <laughs> what I need to work at is my efficiency now of of, of going up some skyscrapers. So, you know, when yeah. we're talking sort of 1,400 metres over 10K um, but keeping the heart rate at 140 instead of getting up to 165. you just got to go
0: That's run bad. more Bal- Balmoral runs, mate, down in Mossman. We were talking about a pre-show. Uh, yeah.
2: The, a Warbur a street. street. A Lava Street reps <laughs> with 30Ks on my back.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm fascinated, how you can – you know, there's so much, uh, proprioceptive in your feet almost when you're landing, you know, especially rounding downhill on a single track over rocks and everything else and how you're positioning the blade, like to, I don't know. It's like, like you said, it could just shoot you any which way if you don't get it exactly right. So you, 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 your senses have to be really alive. Like to yeah, be you able got, to, you've got to be really in tune, right? Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. I you know, still liken it to yourself. Let's say you know you, you, any other way, an individual just starts running while well, running trails, they're tripping over as well. So you've got to start, you've got to <laughs> learn the line, you've got to learn how your feet go, you've got to learn how your body reacts to to being put off. And you know, I'm fortunate because I, I was born with my disability. I was born without the, the the fibula, so I had a quite a gummy foot hanging off the side of my the the, the, the heel. They mm. amputated that, so. My, my proprioception with my artificial leg is very good. Like if i got a, a pebble in my shoe on my right leg, I know it's there because it wipes wow. me off. So, wow. So, so there's two types of amputees. You've got uh, birth defect or at birth, and then you've got acquired. Now, acquired, you're obviously having an accident or yeah. you're losing it through some unfortunate circumstance in your life. Um, so they, they're, they're getting their neurons or their neural, their neural pathway cut, so they need to redevelop that. So with me, I didn't have it. It wasn't there at the start. So yes, it takes work like anything in life, right? Hard work brings results and brings, brings promise and, and, and the, the, the possibility of having something. And that, that was what UTMB was about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, going, qualifying and going through the steps that an able-bodied individual would have to is what I wanted because I wanted to qualify for, for the finals as my able-bodied counterparts. I then wanted to finish under the checkpoints, under the under the the, the cut time. So the cutoff time was fourteen and a half hours. Oh, you but smashed at each it! Yeah, at each checkpoint you have a cutoff time uh, yeah. because of the terrain and stuff. So for me, it was all about doing it the same way as my able bodied counterparts, because I, I I didn't want an allowance. And it's not a not a not a an ego thing. It's quite simply as that if you if I needed to prove a point that amputees are able to run trails, we needed to prove to the organisers that we could do it. And, and I keep saying we because I have a team, you know, I have a mm. guide runner, mm. I have a chief, I have a, I have a family yep. that, that all support me. And, and when I'm out there, I run for them, mm-hmm. you know, and and doing it under the, so we finished 11 hours and 54 minutes.
0: That's awesome. Um, you cra- You smashed it, mate, two and a half yeah, hours.
1: I did smash it. I did smash <laughs> it, but I'm still left feeling empty.
0: Yeah. Because, you, you know,
1: it, you, didn't, it didn't tick the basket because, you know, there was a lot of other things that, that, that I was hoping would come about it. So you talk about sponsors, you talk about, you know, um, equality, inclusion, all these buzzwords, culture, all these buzzwords that are going around the world right now, but the simple fact is they didn't have a category for uh, amputees. So there was actually a guy there that was an arm amputee that ran in my race, but he doesn't wear a prosthesis, so and no one recognised him. He knocked it over in six hours and 42 minutes. My goodness. He's done Leadville, which is 100 miles, and he's done it. He's, he's actually finished. He's podium in, in some of the race, some of the trial races in the US. So this guy's a gun and they didn't even know about him. Yeah. yeah so, and there is, a simple, there is a simple question when you sign in. You tick, do you have a disability? You tick that.
0: Wow. So they know so about us
1: it. know that you have a disability in some way or form, but there was no contact. So this, so this you know, Lefty Luke is, 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 is his handle on Instagram. And he's a gun. <laughs> he knocked it over six and a bit hours. And I'm just thinking like, wow. So it was awesome because he waited around at the finish line for me, uh, uh, you know, and, and it was great to see him. Like the, just absolutely nailed The
0: camaraderie it. is awesome.
1: I, yeah, well, it's, we've got to. Yeah, yeah. The organisers didn't acknowledge us.
0: So what's Spons going on with the Ironman owner? So what's going on? What was their response when you met with them earlier in the year? And I assume were you able to well, meet with did, them while we're you were meeting
1: there? With we're, we're meeting with the, the, the race organisers. We're not meeting with Ironman.
0: Okay, so you I need – I that that's,
1: that's the disconnect. And yeah. I think that meeting with them afterwards, there was some some – you know, grave concerns about, you know, the lack of equality, lack of recognition, um, and, and, you know, it's actually they're putting up a post this week to acknowledge that I am the first amputee in the history of their event to finish yeah. under the cutoffs.
0: Maybe well, you know, it, ta- it takes somebody like you and it, 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 it's one of those where it, it might feel like you're not getting heard yet, but it's like any kind of, you know, that, that snowball effect, right? It's like, yeah, it's like so
1: yeah. my goal. right? My goal is to actually, uh, is to one, make a community mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. a community within a community because trial running is very accepted, uh, inclusive. And uh, this is the first time I've really experienced it not being because you have an 80 year old that has the same cutoff times as, a, as, a, as an 18 year old. Mm hmm. You know, the, 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 there's male and females on the track. There's there's fit, there's not so fit. Everyone's doing it for their own little reason. So it's 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 like a micro micro you know mm-hmm. microcosm of, of the world. And you're out there all suffering, but you paid to suffer, and you're enjoying the suffering.
0: Mm-hmm. And you do it together. You know, so yeah,
1: exactly. And and I think that in forging this way, you know, what I want is an is my eighteen year old self to have an option of not yeah. only doing a Paralympic sport.
0: But you're doing so much. You, you, you're not just com- completing a sport. You're, like you said earlier, you're designing your legs. You, you, you're you working on the treads. You, you're building equipment that hasn't existed. You're then trying to create categories. Uh, you know, you're doing, there's a lot yet you're doing that you're showing how to do it. You know, exactly. it's one of those where it's like quite often we can tell people but. That doesn't do anything. You got to actually go show. And, you know, anybody listening to this episode that, you know, is, uh, you know, I'm thinking of Olivia Bernhardt at On Shoes, who I used to race, good mate, you know, in Switzerland. And just anybody that's in the manufacturing or any, anybody listening, you know, reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with Troy because I feel like there's.
1: But, Greg, you know what it takes? I think what it takes is, is a visionary. Yeah. And somebody that wants to put a circle in a box and a box in a circle. Yeah. Because it's, it's different. But yeah. here's the thought about, and, and whenever I get a chance to talk to individuals within the corporate world, and I do, I'm uh, on the speaking circuit in Australia uh, about high performance and about that, putting a circle in a square and a square in a circle, is, is it's visionary to see there's a difference, but there's not a difference. Yeah. I'm elite, but I can also hit the general public yeah and the fact is that if you put a person with a disability in an advertisement, an individual without a disability is going to look twice at the advertisement because one they 're going to be shocked to see a person with a disability in advertisement, and then they're going to go like, "Wow, that's cool and then they're going to notice the actual company that advertised or use a person with a disability in advertisement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on the next thing, you know my, my my theory of 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 why I really want to go where I want to go in one making a community to having, having more people with disabilities get out there and, and, and use trial running as therapy is because it's free also, though. Yeah. Like it's not, you just you don't even need a pair of running shoes to go outside and go for a walk, as, as, as you mentioned about, you know, mm-hmm. your, your, your gratitude stuff and just being in the open. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a big world out there that, that corporates uh, are looking at, but I don't feel that they're brave enough to go hey let's get on board hmm. let's let's jump on board and just like when they signed the first triathlete or the first Jew athlete into an advertising campaign for a push bike or a running shoe or that sort of stuff it's also you know it, it just it just needs one big big company to say hey we're going to change the way people look at this
0: yeah I love that. I, I love that. I mean, what I, what I really like about your story is, is not only the ability to adapt, you know, being an amputee and doing ultra trial runs is the ability to adapt from one sport to another. Like you said, we haven't even talked about your incredible basketball <laughs> career, you know, which goes over 20 plus years. And it's like, uh, you know, when you, when you look back, um, at your journey, which is one of the favourite things I like to do on the show is rewind the clock and look back. What, what, what are some of the things that really stand out to you um, as the highest of highs? Tell me a, a couple of those because I know we've spent a lot of time on the Ultra yeah. and, and that's been so think, awesome, but I'm curious. I
1: think what like the highest of highs is I left Australia as I went to my first Paralympic Games as a 16-year-old, <laughs> um, which is Barcelona. And and I, I basically made the team because I was taller than everyone else.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, I, I didn't know how to use a wheelchair yet, even though I used it as my, my transport. So I pushed my wheelchair to school and, and away from school. We are about, I don't know, maybe five miles from my, my high school. Pushed it there and I locked it up with everyone's push bikes because I needed to learn how to use a wheelchair. So I went to my first Paralympic Games at 16. From there, I was scouted by a US college, to go to um, obviously play in the college ranks, which was for me the next step because whichever I was already you know made the Australian team, so one of the twelve best players in the country, um, and and the 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 way the game was being played in Australia didn't really satisfy my my I guess my yearning for more. You know they, they we weren't shooting three pointers yet you know uh, if you were tall you were meant to be a center and go and play inside so i went to uh, i accepted the scholarship i actually didn't finish high school went straight into university again the beauty of being you know in the uh, early 90s 2000s there was no email
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know we I communicated with my family through fax fax letters <laughs> Because it was also eight bucks a minute US to, to call somebody in Australia, oh, yeah. so you didn't bother doing that.
0: Reverse charge, so think, reverse charge. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> well, my family was uh, my dad had just been retrenched from the steelworks. there.
0: Oh, he wasn't having part he was of that. Of that happening.
2: Yeah. He, he wouldn't even answer that. He wouldn't even answer the call if I was in jail. That last you know, my phone call. He's like, nope. <laughs>
1: so I think that was a, that was a highlight because it was it was my parents saying, hey. There's nothing here for you, as in it's 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 leave high school at year ten or go to university, get a job, and that's where you're at. Mm. You know, there was no money for athletes that were representing Australia, let alone Paralympians. Mm. Uh, we, I paid actually. We we sold we sold um, we had took raffles, golf days, and chocolate drives to raise money to go to the Paralympics in '92 and 1996. So mm. that sort of just goes to show you where the Paralympics are now. It's
0: before the GoFundMe so was. I
1: like yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you sell, yeah, you do whatever you do to try and pay yeah, the bills. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it.
1: So I think going to America very early, which then actually changed mentality because, you know, the American sports juggernaut is just a different beast and it actually it lit a fire in me to be not only the best but actually set a new standard. Mm. and i just love the student athlete vibe where you could train as much and as and as hard as you wanted you were fed you, you then go to school so you're preparing for life after sport which is very important to me because i had some i had some very good mentors of not what to do mm. you know they mm. they only played sport and didn't have anything once it finished so that was definitely a highlight and then obviously my career sort of you know trained there in, in the us for 2 years 96 Won a gold medal with the Australian team. I scored a world record 42 points yeah, in a gold well medal done. game, which wow. is still – it still stands as an Olympic and Paralympic record. Wow. No no NBA player has scored 42 points in a gold medal game. No player around the world has.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Congrats, yeah, it buddy. Was like, yeah. it was,
1: you know what? Like This is the thing. Again, you say, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Well, I was 19 then. <laughs> what do you tell a 19-year-old that is now sitting on top of the world – of the sport, and we were hosting the next Paralympics and olympics
0: mm. Mm.
1: you know i would tell I would tell him to find a mentor and hold on to the mentor,
0: yeah yeah, because
1: when you surpass your mentors it 's a very sad day when you 're setting the standard as a nineteen year old and you don 't know where, what, and how to live your life yet, but you know how to play basketball or a sport, it becomes very hard to navigate the pitfalls of life, and we 're talking sponsors you know, private, personal, all that sort of stuff. So I think mentors are, are very, very important. So, I love that. you know, and half the team retired after that because they'd been toiling away for three or four Paralympic game cycles to actually get to the pinnacle. Mm. But I'm just starting my career. So I think, you know, obviously 2008 coming back from two shoulder reconstructions to, to make the team number one but then also to ride the and then when the superstars of the team happen to crack under the pressure, the coach calls you in the old wily veteran. <laughs> as, 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 as a very, very respected journalist in Australia said, come with the hour, come with the man. And for me it was just about playing a game that I knew how to play. So I would definitely say 19-year-old is a gold medalist. 2004, we, 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 everyone says you win a silver medal. Well, you don't in team sport. You actually get given the silver medal because you lost the last game,
0: mm, mm.
1: you know. Um, but I learned so much out of that silver medal 20 years later. So now I'm actually actually realising the lessons from 2004.
0: You're coaching people too now. You're coaching teams, right, or you have coached.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of – so then I guess finishing your career after winning a gold medal, I went onto the board of the Paralympic Committee for the London Paralympics Olympics which was a great experience and insight how a team gets built and how, how it gets you know, the the administration of it all, which is another good learning curve. I would have to say the pinnacle of my career would be being inducted into the Australia Sports Hall of Fame. That's So awesome. there's only four Paralympians or individuals with a disability in the, in the Australia Sports Hall of Fame, and we have a rich history of sport and that that the fame encompasses horse racing. So any sport that's in Australia, and as you know, AFL and rugby league are probably our biggest sports. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was inducted with Tony Lockett. I was inducted with um, Steve Hooker, who's an Australian pole vaulter that won gold. Mm-hmm. You know, so so able-bodied counterparts, and it was the it's perhaps the first time that I've been. I guess looked upon as equal
0: Oh, hundred percent,
1: and yeah and it was it was such a phenomenal internal experience to to share with my family because they'd been through it as well, so mum and my brother was there, my dad's passed. so it was it was I think that would have to be you know they're, they're the tops um, I, yeah, I...
0: so. I love that one. I love the the Australian sports hall of fame. I, I think, you know, as athletes, we strive to win events, win races, and it's all about kind of you or potentially your team, but it's, it's kind of very much on the sport itself. But I think that little pat on the back from others outside of just the victory component yeah, it is a very special yeah. thing. I think it's it's really it's also cool.
1: Also, like, like what you did mattered.
0: Yes, yes. Like
1: it, I just feel that it's an acknowledgement from your peers
0: mm. that
1: you didn't know that they were even watching.
0: Yes, I like that.
1: And and that that what you did in the Australian landscape mattered.
0: Yeah, and I that's really how like that. I, th-
1: I saw it. It was like I'm the first wheelchair basketballer, you know. And I was just up on the stage, and I'm looking at all these these people that. I admire and I, I have a theory that I take, I take a bit from all these people that I admire to try and mould it into what I can be as myself. And yeah, I, yeah. You know, when Dawn Fraser, who's perhaps globally <laughs> the best swimmer that ever touched a, wa- a, a piece of water, puts her arm around you and just says, I'm so bloody proud of you, you know, like I'm choking up now. Like yeah. it's just, it just means you know, because I often, I do have moments of, of a little bit of jumping on the train and saying, man, if I was an able-bodied athlete, I would have so much money and prestige to do good in the world that it, it, it I could change the actual world. Mm. I, I know. So what I'm doing now is trying to change the world without having the pocket of money. So I have a foundation I have a wheelchair basketball club that has kids from the age of four up until 19, and then we have some senior players that we, we have three sessions a week. I visit schools specifically for disabled kids to talk about how able-bodied individuals can communicate to disabled people, how you should treat them as in if you you know if you if you see a person with a vision impaired you never touch them you ask them if they need help then you put your arm out and say it's there they can grab it mm. you know to a person in a wheelchair you never touch them on the shoulder just like you don't touch a pregnant woman's belly <laughs> you know there's all these there's all these well it's, mate when I look when I sit in a wheelchair people want to touch me on the shoulder all the time and they think they're my best mate uh... well, I've not met you we shook hands so now look me in the eye don't touch me on the shoulder don't get on your knees if there's a chair around, grab a, grab a chair. Say, hey, do you mind if I get down on my knee to have a chat with you because you wouldn't, you're you not subservient to people. So it's, it's more to the point of just educating, especially with the kids because we can change a culture there. Mm. And then what they do is they then talk to their parents and then what it does is it makes it life easier at school for a kid that has a disability.
0: Mm, I like that. I'm trying
1: that. to do all this disability awareness uh, education and now I've started to try and get into the corporate world to talk about, you know, how you employ people with disabilities. You know, there's statistics that say that they're more, you know, loyal to their employees because they've been given a chance.
0: Where do you, you find know. all this information? Like is it no, on? The,
1: you know, the, yeah, it's on the internet, the Statistics Bureau. No,
0: of no, Bureau. no. You, you're, do you have a website um, to so we can... You know, I don't I, have a website. I, I didn't know any I, I of this. I would have been that. Website. I would have been that guy tapping you on the shoulder. And you yes, were.
2: Exactly. I'm and like, we get each other because it's like you know, my our parents. I think were similar. Like it's yeah. you don't self promote, yeah. and it's just the wrong way to do business <laughs> nowadays.
0: Yeah.
2: Nowadays it's all about self promotion. I'm looking at looking at
1: getting more involved with Instagram because I feel that it is the way to reach more people.
0: Yeah, to get
2: more involved in the corporate. We got to get so, you
0: starting a podcast, mate.
2: Well, yes, Cheeseman and I have talked about doing. Well, that. I'm happy. Well, I let's I talk offline and. Have a- let yeah, me let me help you. Might be a little bit uh, not family friendly. No,
0: that's okay. You just <laughs> you just rate it as such. It just won't make it into India and China if you have the if you have no, too, yeah, too much you swearing. And, um, yeah. But no, mate, you, with with your message that you have and, and the inspirational stories that you, you're sharing and the way that you adapt and you live life with conviction and and you're getting you're squeezing everything you can out of life. Yep. You know, there's so much there. But even just what you just said then. For the able-bodied people to go, oh, well, no one's ever taught me that, so I wouldn't know it, right? It's like I don't, you know, if I tapped you on the shoulder for the first time, say, hey, Greg, we don't actually, I don't actually appreciate that. You'd be like, oh shit, okay, I didn't know that, but you don't know, so it's kind of like to have that information out to the world would be really helpful, you know. And this is
1: just actually what's come from my friends. have a disability and then then people that are in the foundation because, again, you know, trail running, to me, I've got the wheelchair basketball club going. Yeah, know, I'm I'm trying to design a – so December 3rd is International Day of People with Disabilities. Right. So this year, December 3rd, I'm I'm actually putting on an all-inclusive trail event. Cool. So we're going to get wheelchairs, walkers, electric wheelchairs on a a fire trail. It's only one mile long but we're going to go up and down for three hours and we're going to have – you know some exhibitions and that sort of stuff, but this is something that I am awesome. starting in my own country. To 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 you know what is it? The you throw a pebble in the middle of the pond, the ripples will eventually reach the edge. And I feel that my life is is the ripples reaching the edge. And 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 you know, like you say, through a podcast or through the Instagram, and, and that's that's the, the the way that I'm looking at heading over the next twelve months is to sort of push these things out. It's also too, Greg, don't you think it's also about being brave?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So, so you've got a podcast and, and you've, you've used this medium, but it's also internally for myself, it's about being brave and confident enough to, to feel that you have a message or, or feel that, you know, there's always going to be haters and they motivate, right? But when it comes to this sort of stuff, it's like, well, it's, it's actually a little bit personal, was a little bit closer, so for me, I guess over the last ten years i 've been trying to build more internal confidence and 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 be a bit braver to say, Hey, well, okay, well, I do have a message, and I do have something that, that people would like to hear, so let 's share
0: it it's a time so, it 's time for you, I think you 're at a point I would say where you know it 's time for you to be able to share this journey with as many people as possible and and you 'll be surprised it 's like when I started this podcast it was I used to say to myself. You know, maybe no one's listening, but maybe maybe mum will listen, right? <laughs> always, and, always mum. And, and, and mum, and mom, big shout out to you because she's probably listening to this one. She she's maybe missed a couple, but she's been you know she's done pretty good. And it's yeah. kind of like with that mindset, it's like okay, well, I'll get my story out and, and, and more. I'm always trying to extract stories from others and then just give a little bit of myself every now and then. Um, and And I tell myself, I tell myself each morning when I practice my gratitude, I have my Cs. I'm sharing a lot right now, but I I say, you know, be confident, be courageous, be capable. Like
2: it's it's good.
0: Yeah, be capable, be curious. All of that is kind of you got to remind yourself that you know everybody's playing this game. Most people are bsing themselves through it, you know, and uh, you know, make it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. But mate, I I I'd listen to your podcast, and I'm not much of a podcast listener to be honest. I um, I, I have my own, but I, I just enjoy the chats and I hit record. I appreciate,
1: appreciate the, the, the the words of wisdom.
0: I am going to follow up with you, and I'm going to get you just some basic equipment. We're going to get you sorted here. Um, Thank you. but maybe I've kept you almost to an now. And I do want to, I do want to finish with a couple of more questions for you. You up for it? For sure. All right. Far away. One of my favorite things to ask guests, and it's always a, a and if you're at a dinner party, the question of three people, you'd want to have dinner with non-family living or dead. Who would you want to have dinner with you?
1: Oh, uh, I'm going to say Jesus and Murphy's law. Do you know about Murphy's law?
0: <laughs> Go on.
1: Well, Murphy's Law is, you know, uh, kind of like shit happens. You yep. know, whenever, whenever you can't explain something,
0: yeah.
1: you know, they say, oh, it's Murphy, Yeah, Murphy's Law. So I think Murphy and Jesus, and the reason being is because I was born with a disability and I'd like to know why. Uh-huh. You know, because it's an answer that a person with a disability has, that it has a birth defect, there's no answer. So mm-hmm. you, you're continually living with this question why. So I would, I would have to say those two. And then if I could add someone else, I'd add my dad, who oh. would just actually, after uh, a couple of schnapps or Jägermeister shots, he would just bring so much light to the party, it wouldn't be funny.
0: I love that. What an awesome three. You know, I, I, had, um, I had Jesus on mine for a little bit there because I just thought it would be fascinating to go back in history and just gotcha. ask all the questions. I, I changed mine to <laughs> Elon Musk um, Richard Branson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I just uh, I, I like all three of those because they're all three that have totally kept pivoting, changing, and yep. and moving. Like there's
1: what's changed, changed since you got older, though. Like I think yeah, I think mine yeah. I think mine are starting to get to that starting to change. Like I think think I I'm getting to the point where why doesn't need to be have such importance of being answered now.
0: Yeah, so yeah. You know, I'm
1: sort of and because yeah, when I was reading that, I was like, yeah, okay, but. Yeah, because I just finished watching the Arnold series. Um, how
0: good was it? Uh,
1: series. Oh, it was, just, it was just so epic about oh. the, the, the brain, the, the processes, and how, he, how you can transition from A to C while still taking care of B.
0: It, it was unbelievable, mate. Manis, yeah. Manifesting his visions it was just incredible. Look, oh, and totally I'm
1: totally the manifestation. Like it's yeah. almost like he was born with a yeah. born with a vision, and, and, yeah. and it just he kept manifesting, yeah. manifesting.
0: And we're not saying he's perfect for people yell, yelling at the, you know,
2: who is, who is.
0: Yeah, but I just, I just, a great, great story. Um,
2: we're endorsing the manifestation
1: of his his career, not the way he did
0: it. Exactly. exactly. There you go.
2: <laughs> Let's just put that disclaimer out there. Yeah.
0: And where do you see yourself in the next five years, mate? You're doing some big cha- big things right now. I see you as a, um, a pioneer, so this is, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to be looked at as, as one of the first amputee trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to have a corporate relationship to continue to build – on my backyard engineering, I guess, quest.
0: Ah, I like that.
1: And I have this dream of completing the Explorer's Nine, Mm. which is you climb the seven highest summits and you ski to both poles. No amputee has completed it. And I'd also like to have a crack at the speed record. My goodness. it's that's 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 a dream because what would happen was the Guinness Book of Records may have to change the way they write their records because I could just be the fastest human, not male, not female, not disabled. You know what I mean? We yeah. could just have one record. And I think that with my foundation being no limits, no labels, you know, the re-foundation it is, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 about Teaching or educating the global population that we all have no limits, and we don't need to be labelled. We don't need to have a label as male, female, transgender, gay, whatever. I'm just a human. Yeah. I have a cry of chromosomes that identify me, but I don't. I, don't, I identify as a human. Yes. I don't identify as disabled. I don't identify as disa- uh, as, as a dad.
0: Stop putting I'm us in buckets, right? Stop putting us in buckets and labeling us, right?
1: Exactly. Let yeah. us just be humans yeah, and yeah. stop categorizing. So for me, trailblazer, I'd love to be, you know, back on the sponsorship circuit and and talking to the masses about about how you become, how you perform higher within your own circle of life because, you know, my mother's, (laughs) she's had a hip replacement, uh, a, a shoulder reconstruction, and I talk about her. So she goes to the grocery store to do her exercise and she pushes the trolley up and down because she needs to, you know, she, she doesn't want to walk on the street, she's scared, so she goes to the grocery store and she walks up and down for an hour every day.
0: I love it. You know, in Florida they're called more walkers. There you go. Well, that's,
1: that's their Everest, right? That's, <laughs> I love that's it. Their so no matter what you need to do, I think there's a way to, you know, and that's why these, these great motivators of our time, you know, the Anthony Robbins, the, the, yeah. you know, we have, a, we have a thing between myself and Zach, you know, it's like um, who's going to carry the legs? You know, and that's and that's our that's our catch cry for for moving trail running and society forward. It's Mm. like you know, yes, I have an artificial leg, or yes, I sit in a wheelchair to play basketball, but I just kick ass.
0: Mm. And
1: I think everyone has the ability to kick ass, no matter what socioeconomic region or or label you've been given. You know, so it's very cool. Five years, I see myself being still very active. uh, Trail running, mountain climbing, and hopefully representing some some good corporates and and having my foundation reaching more people and and changing more people's lives. Well, I
0: hope this episode, this podcast, is is the first little catalyst in what all that's going to become. Um, and yeah, you got to get busy, I mate. Know. On the oh. no, dude, no, no, I got
2: to get, I got to get, crazy. <laughs> you, got to you, got, you got to do something.
0: You got you got to do a lot of climbing and a lot of skiing. Yeah. I love it. Uh, all right, here's here's the last one. I've added this one in recently. Yeah. All right. You told you have six months to live. How do you want to live them? Freely. Mm.
1: Freely with no inhibition mm. and no negativity um, ticking off bucket lists that are put together with family and friends.
0: Oh, that is a, what an answer. I'm very excited about that one. And now I would count myself a friend. So I'm going to have to join you on some of those bucket list journeys. That sounds very very cool. Everest,
2: here we come. Everest.
0: I don't know if my wife (laughs) with my five and three year olds are going to be too enthralled about that one, Um, but let's at least discuss offline what that can be. Uh, Hey, let's finish with some rapid fire questions. You ready? Uh, Yep. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. (laughs) I think we know that. All right. Uh Best decade of music. Nineties. One book you'd gift to a friend. Oh, It's a hard one. I've stumped you. We can come back to it.
1: Yeah, come back to it.
0: Coffee or tea? Neither. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't <laughs> don't your... drink hot drinks.
0: You don't drink? <laughs> I have a friend. No, I who... don't. What does my friend Luke Bennett say? He says, um... <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to bastardize it. He's just basically... <laughs> It's a social thing. I don't do the whole, anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm not not very social.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mountains or beach? Mountains. All right. Um, Your all-time favorite movie? Maverick. Nice. If you could be the best in any sport, what would it be? Able-bodied, disabled-bodied, doesn't matter. Any sport? Any sport. You could be the best number one in the world in any Basketball. sport. Basketball. I like it. Yeah. Well, kind of, you've kind of done that.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you said, yeah, you said sort of, NBA, I could reach more people. Than, uh, it would be. Or, I, I, I am the best, but I'm not considered the best.
0: No, that's not fair. All right. First yeah. job you ever had?
1: Uh, I was 10 and I was mowing lawns.
0: Good man. One word to describe your mindset when competing. It's a hard one. Hard. Hard. I like it. All right, coming back to one book you'd gift, and I'm only doing that because I'm going to give you some suggestions. Um, have, you read, um, have you read Shoe Dog? Yes. That's a great one. Um, great
1: book, although I would go there's, – there's a book I just read about – and in, I think it's called happiness. Mm. And the guy was in the. He's a, He's Jewish. He was in the prisoner of war, and I think for many, many years. And it's it's not a very long book, and it's just about gratitude, how he kept his happiness, and how he doesn't have any resentment that's left.
0: Love it! I love it. I'm going to go check that out. That's what, the only reason I asked that question is to get more. Book ideas. I'm more more, reading I, material. Well, I don't read. I, I do Audible. Actually, I have to do audio. Yeah, books. I'm not a
2: re, I'm not a big reader. No. Um, sort
0: of. But I love. I love to listen to books. I listen to. I, you know, I just did uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Light. That was actually okay. If you. Okay. I wasn't maybe a fan of Matthew McConaughey, and somebody at the gym said, "Oh no, it's a good book." And he 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 does the whole Audible, and he's fantastic. Like the yeah, narrating. He reads his own book. He reads his own book, and it's. Oh, wow, it's so pretty cool. Yeah, and he and he and he's. You know, he pretty tough upbringing and, um, yeah. yeah, there's actually there's some good stuff in it, you know, and even how he comes out with all right, all right, all right, you yeah. know. <laughs> the, the way he does that, he just, he plays character. He, it wasn't actually lines. He just said they just need you to pick up a, a young high school girl in your car and just drive up next to her and all right, all right, all right. And it was like, oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah, so good check man. that one out.
2: Right. It's on my list.
0: All right, buddy. All right, cool. mate. This has been awesome. I've really just enjoyed listening to your stories and your journey, mate, and everything you're up to. What, what's next for you before I let you go? What, what do you got coming up for the rest of the year? You got about December 3rd. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, a big i one. a 22-kilometer race mid-October with my brother. Oh, which cool. Which will be you know, nice. Where's he'll, that? He'll be Where's that one? Just in orange.
0: Oh, orange, yeah, out the back there. Orange, yeah, yeah so
1: that'll be quite calm for myself. He'll be puffing away. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, 22, 27-kilometer in Kosciuszko in the,
2: in, the,
1: in the Snowy Mountains yeah. in December then I've got 100K in February in, in New Zealand. Oh, you're doing
0: that one. Sort
1: of, Is that the yeah, one you said you did good.
0: already? You did, did you do that yes. already this year? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do
1: that again to, to get my running stone for UTMB later in the year.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: And just plugging away, plugging away, training. I've got to up the ante with the training. Like I've got to, I've got to sort of get the Ks up and, and, and everything else up.
0: We got to chin get you wag. some sponsors too, right, mate? You got any anybody no, helping out? That's you
1: that's, up? That's, a, that's 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 a work in progress. And, All right.
0: Well, we'll you know, talk off online, the, and I'll see if we can point you in the directions of anybody. we really
1: appreciate the platform and, and, yeah. and uh, the, the the chin wag. It's it's oh, been fun.
0: Absolutely, mate. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. I'll be sure not to come and just be whacking you on the shoulder don't
2: chat me on the
0: shoulder (laughs) (laughs) although you said friends could so maybe it's okay yeah (laughs) all right mate (laughs) well mate I truly appreciate you once again thanks for coming on the show Troy likewise thanks mate all right for everybody listening you can find all the show notes and timestamps and everything else at Bennett Endurance forward slash podcast all right stay on the line mate cheers